0: Today, I'm going to do something I promised never to do when we launched our church four years ago, because today, I'm going to preach on a topic I told my wife we would never preach about four years ago. And so instead of just building it up any further, I'll just go into my sermon title, and we'll just rip off that Band-Aid and jump into this together because the title of today's message is Voter's Guide. Don't change the channel on YouTube. (laughs) Please don't walk out. I just want you to know if you're worried, I'm not going to be endorsing any candidates today. I'm actually legally not allowed to through a, a law called the Johnson Amendment that prevents any nonprofits from endorsing a candidate, nor would I want to, even if I was able to. I never became a pastor to point people to a candidate. I became a pastor to point people to a carpenter. And that is the goal of my life, to point people to, to Jesus. So I wouldn't want to do that. But uh, the inspiration from, for this message uh, came from uh, my mailbox. Uh, I don't know if uh, your mailbox looks like my mailbox but I just want you to know I have been very popular uh, with the United States Postal Service. I, I have been getting more mail in the last two weeks than I have gotten in my entire life. It seems every time I open the mail, I'm like, somebody cares about me, and then I'm like, dear current resident. <laughs> so I go, oh, okay. And, and every time I open the mailbox, this came in, one, one day I opened my mailbox and, and I saw this uh, pamphlet. And on the front, it was called the Voter's Guide. And the people who create these are genius because the, the front of it doesn't tell you who made it. So it leads you to believe that what you're going to read on the inside is unbiased and unfiltered. And so we're all like, oh, I want to learn more about you know, the, the candidates. And so we open it up and then we find out, oh, it, it depends who really paid to make it. Uh, Because if it was the Republican National Committee that that paid for it, then you're going to see a picture of Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and and under Donald Trump, you're going to see a bunch of red check marks, and then you're going to see a bunch of blue X's under Joe Biden. And and if it's the Democratic National Committee that paid for it, you're going to see the reverse, a bunch of check marks under Joe Biden, a bunch of X's. Like According to these voter guides, these guys don't stand for anything. They're all against stuff, and it's sometimes the stuff that's on the border guide doesn't even make sense to me. I'm like, why would you get that personal? It's like, it's like you know punches babies, check. You know, it's like <laughs> eats unicorn, check. You know, it's just like like I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought they were gone. Uh, I didn't know it was a real animal. Anyway, uh, it, it's it's obviously uh, a little biased, and so the inspiration came out of this idea. I wonder if. If it wasn't the DNC or the RNC that sent us a voter guide, but what if heaven sent us one? What if heaven sent us one? What would it look like? What would it talk about? And I want to just apologize in advance to those who will be offended because of this message. <laughs> you, you, you should never talk about politics and religion, they say, because people are going to get mad. So that's a problem. We're in church. I talk about religion all the time. But now we're going to talk about a little bit of politics, and, and, I, and I get it. And I just want to say I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think there's any way as a communicator I can win today. Because if I, if I come off too light on a topic, uh, Pastor JJ is an extreme liberal. And if I come off too hard on a topic, uh, Pastor JJ is an extreme uh, conservative. I actually had people tell me, I would never go to your church. And they say, why? They say, because you're obviously a Republican. And then I've had other people tell me, and this is a real story, I would never go to your church. Why? Because you're obviously a Democrat. And I'm like, in your face, I'm a registered independent. Boom! Like, like, but you should be glad you go to a church where they can't tell what the pastor, how the votes. And so, and so I know that it's going to happen. I know that some people are going to be offended. I know that some people are going to feel ostracized. I know that some people might even decide that this is the place you decide what you want to worship anymore. But I just want to tell you, this will make you uncomfortable, but it might also make you better. Maybe. And also, we got to talk about it. Even though I I risk some stuff in talking about it, I'm going to do it for two reasons, because it fits my requirements for preaching on a topic. Number one, it fits the requirement of, this is the question I ask myself before I preach anything, are people talking about it? And if you're talking about something around the dinner table and at your workplace, then we should be talking about it at church. We should be talking about it at church. Because God is not an irrelevant, God is not an irrelevant being who lives in a galaxy far, far away. He's the God of the imminent and the now. And if you care about it, he cares about it. The second requirement that it meets, which is why I want to talk about it, is, does the Bible talk about it? And you would be surprised to how much the Bible talks about government and leadership and in politics and the way that we should follow and the way that we uh, should lead. So if we already know Tucker Carlson's opinion, and we already know Anderson Cooper's opinion, I figured we ought to hear the opinion of Jesus Christ. See so what he say? What would he tell us? What would he tell us if we were going to vote on November 3rd, or if we've already voted? And I think the first thing he would tell us is. Uh, pick a president, not a side. Pick a president, not a side. That's my, my first point. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 through 4. Aren't you living like people of the world when one of you says, I am a follower of Biden? My bad, Paul. And another says, I am a follower of Trump. My bad, Apollos. Aren't you acting just like people of the world? So don't boast about following a particular human leader. Because you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Uh, I'm about to confess something today that my wife has never heard me confess before in my life. First time she heard me confess it was at the 915 service. This will be the second time she hears me talk about it. Never talked about this publicly. Your pastor used to be in a gang. Now, let me just, let me just, let me just, I use gang lightly. (laughs) What happened was, I was, uh, I moved from New York to Florida, and I was a Latino, and I moved into not a Latino area. And there were maybe eight of us in our high school. And so all eight of us were like, Let's, let's start a gang. <laughs> and so the leader's name was Carlos, of course. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and and the name of the gang was Goodfellas. Yeah. And we had these necklaces, these bead necklaces, and everything that was like it made a cross at the bottom. So it was like we're gang, but we also love Jesus. So it was like both both worlds, you know. And and, uh, and I joined that gang at the first party, the high school party, the first high school party I ever went at. I was like, you look like me, you talk like me, we dress alike, we should, you know. stuff." But I left the gang uh, right before their first fight. Which <laughs> when I decided to leave the gang. Um, the, Carlos, I was hanging out with Carlos, and he was like, hey, you got to come tonight, because tonight we fight in this other gang. They were called the Untouchables. And, and we're going to fight this gang. And then he told me, he was like, and make sure you bring bats, make sure you bring pipes. And I'm like, is that kind of fight? <laughs> and he's like, make sure you bring that because we're going down. And I said, what, why, do we, why do we not, why are we fighting them? And he said, because they're not us <laughs> and we're not now. And I said, I think I need to be out of the gang at this point right here. And so that was, I was in a gang for like three, two weeks, okay. <laughs> so, and at the end of that, it, it, was, it was right there. Here's what I'm trying to communicate. I was like, Carlos, man, I love you, um, and I hope you win, but I'm not going to die for you. Carlos, I love you, uh, and I hope you win, but I'm not going to let you define us and them. Never let him, those are three different pronouns, him, us, and them. Never let him define your us and your them. Because oftentimes in America today, we don't even need to know the backstory of them. All we need to know about them is did you vote for him? Because if you voted for him, I don't need to know anything else about you. You're already either one of us or one of them. And we're living in a society where people don't want to have conversations, don't want to have communication. Just make it simple for me who's your him? Because if you tell me you're him, I can go through all, I can bypass all the difficult work of hearing your story and already put you in a category of us and them. It's crazy. We can't allow that to happen in the church and we can't allow that to happen in our nation. And I know what you're thinking. It's like, well, it's not even about him. I just can't understand how they would vote for him. They're crazy. They are crazy to vote for him. You know what's crazy? That's not crazy. What's crazy is that they think you're crazy for voting for him. And you know what's even crazier than both people who think that you're crazy? That if you're Christian, you'll both use the Bible to defend your position. That's crazy to me. So somebody will be like, oh, God is pro-life, so you know he's a Republican. But then someone else might say, yeah, but God is also, the Bible says, protect the foreigner and the alien, so God is pro-immigration. He must be a Democrat. And you know, Jesus was more brown than white, so you know he'll be in that Black Lives Matter protest. (laughs) So so he must be a Democrat. But then someone else might say, yeah, but the Bible says that God is a God of law and order, so he would never vote to defund the police. So he's got to be a Republican. And everybody wants God to be on their side. I love how Andy Stanley said it. He wrote a poem about it. Andy Stanley's a pastor, famous pastor. He wrote a poem about Jesus and Christians. Here's how the poem goes. It goes, he's so red. He's so blue. It's amazing how often Jesus agrees with you. It's amazing how your God agrees with 100% of your, I mean, wow. It's crazy. Could it be? That we flipped the script, that human beings were not made in the image of God, but that human beings are trying to make God in the image of... Could it be we twisted it? Everybody wants Jesus to be on their side. But let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. He didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. He said, no, 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 you do it my way. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, Joshua's about to fight a battle, and he sees this soldier, buff, big soldier with a sword. He goes up to him. He goes, hey, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him. Now, this is the Israelites versus the people of Jericho. Oh, the walls fall, that whole story. The man was holding a sword, and he was ready for battle, verse 13. And so he asked, are you on our side or are you on their side? Not just their side, because every time you, every time you take sides, guess what the people on the other side become? Are you on my side or are you on their side? Look at what Jesus, this is Jesus, by the way. This is what Jesus' answer is. Verse 14, I'm not on either side. I have come as the commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua fell with his face to the ground. He said, I'm not on anybody's side, which is very disturbing if you're the church. Because he was speaking to the church because Joshua's a representative of Israel so he's saying I'm not even on your side now if you're a Christian that gets you nervous you're like I thought you were like way maker like I thought you were like on my side well, don't, don't hear it wrong Jesus didn't say I'm not with you. If, you if you serve Jesus Jesus is with you when he said I'm not on your side he didn't say I'm not with you he said I don't work for you yeah. that's, that's where we get it twisted I don't work for you Joshua you work for me Instead of asking me if I'm on your side, why don't you self-evaluate to ask if you're on my side? I don't work for you. You work for me. I'm not a part of your nation. You're a part of my nation. Yeah, you might be an American. Someone's going to get offended at this. But Jesus would say, I'm not. Did you know Jesus is not an American? Yeah. It is. Read John 3.16. For God so loved America. The world. Did he gave his only begotten son? That whosoever believes in him shall not have his life. No. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. God is the God of the world. He doesn't belong to any one party or, or any one side. And so, and so I, here's what I, I love America. Like I, let me just say this with my chest. Like I, I love America. I'm so glad that I'm here. Jesus is not American. Yet, if you follow Jesus, you are a Christian. So just make sure you're a Christian before you're an American. Just make sure that you're a Christian. before. I love America. I'm glad that we have the right to vote and pick our leaders, but I am a Christian before I am an American. And here's the problem with some of the things we say, with some of the things we do, with some of the posts that we post, we say things and we post things that our political parties would be proud of, but our Savior would be sad of. Because that represents them really well, but it doesn't represent Him really well. So, how are you a Christian before you're American? I got this illustration. This might help to explain it a little bit. Um, I've been teaching uh, my sons uh, instruments. I like to tell people that because it makes you sound cool. You know, play instruments. I don't just preach, y'all. The instruments. And I've been teaching Justice piano, and I've been teaching Zane guitar. And so, um, in my lessons with him, in my lessons with him, I was uh, first lesson I knew I was going to have a problem with him. He's a great learner, but um, this guitar, for those who don't play guitar, you don't know, this guitar is not just any guitar. Uh, this guitar is a right-handed guitar. If you didn't know, pianos, are, pianos and guitars are different. Like, There's no left-handed piano. But there's left-handed guitars and there's, there's right-handed guitars, and because this is the strong hand. So, so don't be impressed. It was really simple. I, mean, I can do something if you want me to do something, but anyway. Um, but I'm preaching right now. Uh, so, so, is, so when I, but so this is not a left-handed guitar. So, but this is the problem uh, because Zane, my youngest son, is left-handed. So, uh, left-handed guitars are like really expensive, and I, w- I don't love them that much. So, I am not about to buy. Uh, if you want my son to have a left-handed guitar, uh, you know, tithe more, and then I get. I'm just playing. I don't get your money. Um, so, I told him that wasn't funny. My bad. Um, <laughs> So, but you know who didn't know that this was a you know who didn't know that this was a, a right-handed guitar? Uh, Zane didn't know. So I, I took the guitar and I said, "Here you go, buddy. Here is a guitar. Uh, this is a guitar that everybody uses <laughs> and everybody plays it." And so he started playing it and he started getting real good. Like he can do like the only song he can play right now is uh, "Smoke on the Water." You know that song? It's... So he could play that, which is pretty good, um, better than I could probably play it. But it's so, so it's great that he, he learned it. He picked it up. And I was like, man, that's crazy how he could pick it up so fast. It actually doesn't even make sense because with a guitar, your right hand is your dominant hand and you're strumming, but your left hand is the one doing all the work. So he was a lefty, and he was getting it. And I was like, oh, man, this is good. So then I looked it up, and I was like, is it, can any left-handed person learn how to play right-handed guitar? And everything I, I saw uh, on Google said Yes. Like, it's not even a problem. It's not even an issue. People get it and they learn it, which is so crazy to me because the article said it's not about whether you're left-handed or right-handed. The brain doesn't have a problem there. The brain has a problem getting both hands to play together. Because whether you're right or left, you can only make music when both come together because what the right hand and the left hand know is that even though they are on different sides of the body they share one body one body that is under the control of one head do you see when Jesus says I am the head of the church he gives us permission to lean one way there are people in this church you lean right see what I did there You lean right, that's cool. You can lean right and still be a part of the body as long as the head is the one making the decisions. There are people here, you lean left, that's cool. As long as the left hand and the right hand submit to the head who is Jesus, as long as we let him be the one. We can make music. And guys, we can't make music if we want to live in our right-handed or our left-handed world. If you lean right, let me just tell you, you can lean right all you want, but you can't play the guitar. If, if you're just gonna decide to lean right and not even engage then guess what you'll make a lot of noise But you won't make any music Or maybe you just want to lean left I will forget the right I'm just gonna lean left, okay How's that working out? Yeah, it's a big show It's a big show, but once again, no music The only way the church can ever come together is when the left and the right come together. And we say, it's not about my party or my people or my side. It's about what Jesus, how he would have me live my life. Kindness. Kindness. Oh my God. Kindness is music. Kindness is music to the Lord. Kindness is music to the world. Hope is music to the world. Beauty, patience, understanding is music to the world. And we can only make music. If we pick a president, but not a side. If you believe that, give God some praise. Come on. Second thing I think Jesus would tell you if he mailed a voter's, a voters guide to, to us would be, uh, America is your country, but heaven is your home. And now I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, this is the part of the sermon where Pastor JJ tells us, it doesn't even matter if we vote because we're all going to die anyway. And we'll go to heaven and this world is just a blink of an eye. I don't want to vote for Jesus on the ballot. I would not do that. That's not who I am. The, the, the point started, America is your country. I want you to get involved. But I got to be honest, I feel that tension sometimes, especially as a pastor. Jesus, Jesus, heaven, home. Jesus, heaven, home. Well, then what does that mean about this world right here? And I've always felt that tension. I remember wanting to kind of just let go of ministry for a season. I didn't want to do preaching anymore. I didn't want to do ministry anymore. I was serving at a church in Gainesville. And I was just, I was just done. Nothing wrong with the church. I was just personally, I've been doing this my whole life since I was 12 years old. And I wanted to take a break. So I was trying to find a major for all of my young people looking for a major. I I changed my major 12 times. I wasn't undecided. I was fun decided. You know what I'm saying? I was just enjoying it. And and I finally settled in on one because I took an international relations class. And my professor said this sentence. He said, politics is how you change the world. And I thought, then that's what I want to do. Because I've always wanted to change the world. That's been my heart. That's why I wanted to get involved in ministry. So I decided. So that day I declared my major would be political science, would be my major. And I went back to my church excited to tell my pastor. I was like, yo, pastor. I was like, I finally figured out my major. I was like, it's political science. And I'm going to have to step back from the church a little bit because, you know, the major is going to require a lot for me. But I really feel like politics is the way that I could change the world, pastor. And I was expecting excitement back. And my pastor said, JJ, you want to change the world? I say, yeah. He goes, there's no, way to, there's no greater way to change the world than through Jesus. He goes, the president might change this country for the next four years, but Jesus changes the world for eternity. And I was like, OK, fine. <laughs> I felt like trash. I was like, well, I guess I'll change my nature. So I went back. <laughs> That's really what happened. So I go back to school, and I'm like, I need to change a major. But before I did that, I had one more class, and it was this class called, it was in my political science audit. It was a class called Religion and Politics. It was a class called Religion, the two things you're never supposed to talk about. It was a class about it. Everybody was talking about it. And I took it, and I loved it so much. And my professor, he saw that I had an aptitude for the topic, because those are my worlds. I love both of these things. And he said, JJ, you should consider, you know, really taking religion and political science, and I was like, yeah, but you know, my pastor, Jesus, heaven, and uh, hell, people going to hell, and so, you know, uh, so I, I, I'm going to major just political, I'm going to major in, in religion and, and not political science, I'm just going to major in religion, and he said, well, you know, he told me, They said, you know you can double major in both, right? I said, say, why not? <laughs> he said, yeah, a bachelor's degree is 120 hours, your associates is 60 hours, all you got to do is take the remaining 60 hours, do 30 in religion and 30 in political science. You can double major in, in political science and religion. I was like, i want to do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. So that's, that's my degree. I have an undergraduate degree in political science and in religion. Like I'm passionate about a political. You would never know that because I'm a pastor yeah. and I don't tell you that, but I'm really passionate about it. And let me just say this. I think it's time for the church to double major. Not just in religion and political science, but in earth and eternity. I think we need to be concerned about making a difference on this planet. Yeah. And we need to be making a di- uh, concerned about making a difference in the next world. I think we need to, to focus on the house of God and the house of representatives. I think we need to be aware of who our senators are and aware of what our sin is. I think we ought to be engaged in both worlds. We don't have to pick because contrary to popular belief, and everybody is going to take a collective gasp when I say this, but I promise you it's Bible. Jesus did not come to teach people how to get to heaven. That's right. Everybody said, oh, no, that's what they told me. That's what this whole church thing is about. You don't want to burn forever. I'm pretty sure. no. He, it was never his end goal. His end goal was to teach people how to bring heaven to earth. Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Then this is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom, your will be on earth as it is in heaven. He wants to, do you know in the book of Revelation it doesn't end with us on heaven. It ends with heaven on earth. Did you know that the Bible says that heaven comes from the clouds and makes earth its new territory. This whole thing is about changing earth y'all. And so this is how we vote. This is how we get involved. We go to church. We learn about what heaven is like. And then we vote in a way that makes earth more like heaven. Did I simplify it enough for you? We learn about heaven, how awesome, beautiful that place is, and then we come to earth and we try to make earth look like heaven. And so we got to get involved, but here's the balancing part. Get involved, but not enveloped. I'm going to vote. I'm going to be a voter. I'm going to be a listener. I'm going to be engaged, but I'm not going to be afraid. I don't need to say that because election years, there's a lot of fear. Listen. This is not for some of y'all, younger people, this is like the first election that you even care to remember about. But I've lived through a couple now, and every single one of them has had one thing in common. This is the most important election of our generation. Every time there's an election, it's the most important election of our generation. You know why they say that, right? Because fear raises money. So if I can get you scared, You'll support my my cause. Have you seen these political ads right now? They're not even, they're like movie trailers. In a world (laughs) where this guy gets elected, everyone dies. Please send $25. (laughs) But I'm not afraid. Let me tell you why I'm not afraid. Philippians 3.20, and this is why you shouldn't be afraid. For our citizenship is in heaven. From which also we wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this word citizenship because in the Greek, it's translated. I just want to get it right. I don't want to mess it up. In the Greek, it's translated polytouma. And it literally means commonwealth. Well, I know what a commonwealth is because I'm Puerto Rican. And for like my whole life, I thought Puerto Rico was a country. So for everybody who doesn't know... Puerto Rico is not a country. We have a flag. We have a constitution. We've got laws. Puerto Ricans, simmer down. (laughs) (laughs) This is a multicultural church, okay? Making the white people feel uncomfortable. Relax. And the black people. Can't help it. You're like, Puerto Rico! Stop it! They got all their laws, and so it looks like a country, it feels like a country, smells like a country, tastes like a country, but it's not because it's owned by the United States of America. In other words, they can't pass laws that America does not approve. They can't do business a way that America doesn't approve. It looks like the people on the island are running the show, but there's someone... In another country That is really one the show. Here's what the author. Here's what Peter was saying. Here's what Paul was saying He was saying it might look like the people down here running the show But earth is just a commonwealth of heaven There is someone else who has decision on this planet there is someone else who has to stamp who has to approve. so I'm not afraid because no matter who gets elected I know who's in charge No matter where the house swings or where the senate swings, I know where the throne stands. Right there in heaven. It's still in control. He's still in charge. Earth is just a commonwealth of heaven. He's still in charge, guys. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the the dead, the Bible says all authority was given to him. In heaven and on earth. Here's the last thing I think Jesus would tell us. And our voters, God, I think he would tell us even If your candidate loses, be sure the church wins. Be sure the church wins. Because on November 3rd, a candidate will win or lose. But on November 4th, what's November 4th? The day after the election. On November 4th, the church will either win or lose, depending on how we behave. 1 Peter 2.15, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. You know, people saying a lot of ignorant stuff about the church because if we're honest and I'm speaking on behalf of the church, sometimes we do some ignorant things. But if we want the world to start speaking good about us, and more importantly, us, if they want the world to start saying good things about Jesus, look what 2.17 says, respect everyone. This is how we do it. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God. And honor the Emperor you know one time I was in line at a red box this tells you how long ago this was okay this was back when you know before Netflix back when we had Redbox, and that was the only thing this is back when we did lines remember when we did lines and we were close to people and, and and if you've never like now that we have Netflix and Amazon Prime and all this stuff like Redbox is kind of it's falling away but back then before you can just instant on demand your movie you know you went to this thing called the red box we still have them i'm talking to you like it's 100 years since that thing's been invented but and there's a line and i was waiting to get my movie and i'm at the front and there's this other girl who's at the red box and there's this thing called red box etiquette if if you already know you don't know what your movie is, like you are not allowed to spend five minutes searching for your movie pretending <laughs> hoping that another movie will pop you've been through the thing three times it's, Going, she's going. I'm waiting for a movie. I want to get back to my wife to watch it. And so, but I don't want to tell her, like, hey, hurry up. You know? So I all passive aggressive, I just start getting closer to her. <laughs> just start, start getting closer. Start getting closer. I'm hoping she'll feel my presence. <laughs> and, and be like, I need to hurry up. So I am just get closer. At the point where I'm like her shadow right now. I'm still not hurrying up, so now I'm starting to breathe hard. I'm like... "Ah, ah, 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 ah." Finally... Pastor JJ! at the time she was in my youth ministry she was a young adult in my youth ministry she's like that's jj so good to see you here." i'm like you too girl hey take your time on that rabbi's like as much time as you need girl i got you it's okay she's taking her time everybody relax go ahead girl i got you you know God, i was so embarrassed i went back to my wife i was like babe people know us now I was like, I swear, you mean my wife and I in public? We are the most polite people in public you will ever, ever meet. Because we are always operating with the assumption that the person at the Starbucks counter goes to our church, that the person at the gym goes to our church. Tr- Every time, there was somebody at the gym who was kind of rude. And she was like, well, remember, they might go to church." I was like, all right, all right. I know, I know. I'll be mean, kind. Because I understand who I represent. Do you understand? Yeah. Do you understand that no one will ever meet Jesus until we get to heaven, but until we do, that you are the best representation of Jesus Christ, of the Son of God on this planet? Do you understand that people will decide whether or not they want to follow him, whether or not they're going to follow this Bible based on the way you lead your life, based on the way you talk, based on the the way that you treat people? You don't just represent journey. You represent Jesus. And it's not just pastors who need to be careful of the way we act. It's Christians. Christian needs to respect everyone and love the brotherhood. And you know why those are together? Because God is saying, but because before we can do it in the world, we need to do it in here. Can I just say something? Like we all know that everyone in America doesn't think the way we think. We all know that, right? And that's good by the way. I'm so glad I live in a country where people don't think the way I think because there are some countries where everybody's forced to think the same way and i wouldn't want to live there maybe you'd want to Sudan, iran china maybe you'd like to live in a country where you're forced communistic thinking you got to think this way or else there's i'm so glad that we have the freedom to disagree in america but if we're going to give people the freedom to disagree then we can't be surprised that we live in a country where not everybody agrees It's just the way it is and so and so the the goal though is not agreement yeah. the goal is, here's what's really crazy do you know that not everybody in your church thinks the same way as you yeah. cause everybody's like oh yeah out the world I can deal with it but in here we're all alike Yeah, well, that's what I thought and then COVID hit and I started preaching messages and people were like oh you believe that I was like don't you they're like no we don't believe that I was like oh my bad I thought you were at the church and I'm the pastor you thought what I thought but guess what? That's okay, because the goal at Journey Church, the goal at any church, is not total agreement. It's total love. The church needs to be disagree politically, but love unconditionally. We can still embrace each other and still love each other. And listen, if we want a world like that, how many people know we got to first create a church like that? I was so discouraged. I was in the parking lot for 15 minutes before I came here to preach this message, because I thought, is this really gonna make a difference, God? Is my 35 minutes really going to change the world? And I just want the Holy Spirit impress me. He said, no, JJ, it's not going to change the world. But it can change the community of believers in that room. And if we can change it in the church, God will never fix in the White House what is broken in his house. I'll say it again. God will never fix in the White House what is broken in his house. We got to the love of the brotherhood and respect everyone. I just want you to know, that if you're a Democrat, this is a safe place for you. If you're a Republican, this is a safe place for you. If you're an independent, if you're a, a part of the Whig Party, this is... <laughs> that's an old one. We don't have that anymore, but you're, it's a part of you. You're, 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 you're welcome here. Because And the last thing, and I'll say this, that verse that is so we respect everyone. That's how we represent Jesus. Show that verse one more time, 1 Peter 2. Real quick. Respect everyone, love the family believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. Wow. You guys are not going to like this verse. You know what that means? Honor the emperor. You know what one of the best things we can do as a church is that no matter who wins on November 3rd, that on November 4th, we decide to pray for whoever wins on November 3rd and I hear some of y'all saying I would never some of y'all saying I would never pray for that guy I would never pray for him because he's evil is he more evil than Emperor Nero because that was the emperor that Peter was talking about the dude who used to light Christians on fire for his garden parties that guy you think our president is better than that guy or the next president is better than that guy he said honor him not because put the verse up one more time not because of who he is not because of who he is but because of who God is because of who God is listen you don't have to like the other guy whoever that is on November 3rd you don't have to like the other guy you don't gotta vote for the other guy you don't gotta send the other guy flowers you don't gotta you don't gotta sing to the other guy but you can't be a Christian and choose to not pray for the other guy it's a hard word I get it but whoever wins we've gotta commit it in advance we're gonna be praying for that person because we fear God because this is it. This is it. Last thing I want to tell you: Christianity can survive without America, but America can't survive without Christianity. Christians, check it out. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, church is for you. We would love to get you. You can have an opportunity to be with us in this service. But we survived when when we were being persecuted by Rome. We made it. We thrived. And, and, and you know where the church is really blowing up right now? China and Cuba it can make it through through imperialism it can make it through communism it can make it through socialism do you know some of the greatest theological works were written by german theologians under the time of nazi occupation it made it through nazism the church is going to make it no matter what but america is not in the book of revelations our nation needs people who will come together rally around My God, you think your vote can make a difference? It will. But you know how else you can use your voice? If you think your vote can make a difference, let me tell you a little something about your prayer. Your prayer can make a real big difference. So America needs Jesus. That's all you heard me say today. It's that America needs Jesus and it needs the church. It needs the church to be Jesus. If it has any hope of making it another uh, hundreds and hundreds of years. And so I want to invite you to do, church, if you would, stand on your feet with me if you feel comfortable. If not, you can sit down. We're closing it out. But we got this song that we put in our set list today on purpose. It's called God of Revival. And here's what we're hoping we would do today as we make Jesus the focus. And we would pray, God, bring revival to our nation. God, bring revival to our nation. November 3rd is an important day. But November 4th, the day after... When the country is split split in half, God, I pray that there would be a church that would rise up for healing, that there'd be a church that would rise up for unity, that there'd be a church that would put the right hand and the left hand together and declare revival that we're not on a side, but we're 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 fighting for the King, we're fighting for Jesus. Come on, let's worship. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would.